All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Friday morning for me. Uh, it's pretty late. I've uh, been arguing with people on Twitter, which is never something you should do. Always avoid arguing on Twitter. It's just, it's never going to end well. It always just saps me emotionally. Um... Look, the Nuggets lost tonight, 115-107. I'm going to keep this to a short podcast because, like it's like I said, it was it's 12:43 in the morning, and I just like this is just a game that it's it's there was so much that happened, and then it didn't matter that I I don't even know how to really discuss this game. So let me just go through the basics here real quick, and then I'll get into normal starters and bench convo. Um, First quarter, Denver loses it by one, but they were down by a lot of points, and the bench got them all the way back. Austin Rivers was fantastic. Uh, I think Faku had a lot of great moments in the first quarter, and especially the second quarter. Uh, second quarter, Denver wins by 14 points. They take a 13-point lead into halftime, 65-52. to 52. It feels like Denver has fully reclaimed the momentum at that point. And Jokic at that point had a weird game. He had a he had he was six of seventeen from the field. And like, first of all, taking 17 shots and a half is really difficult because he was basically taking a shot per minute. And he never does that. He he's always very conscientious about how many shots he puts up, and it's very abnormal for him to take that many shots. But he he started the game. I think he was three of nine, three of eleven uh, in his first nine or so minutes, and it was just a lot, just a lot of Jokic. And it seemed like he was making a point after the Nuggets were benched. The Nuggets starters were benched in the third quarter. And I'm not really surprised that he came out and really tried to um that he came out and tried to set the tone. He wanted to lift this team up with when they didn't have Aaron Gordon, when they didn't have Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., PJ Dozier, etc. Will Barton's been struggling. Monte Morris took five shots last game. I understand why he came out and was trying to be aggressive against uh, former Nugget Mason Plumley, uh, against a, a smaller Charlotte Hornets team. He was very aggressive. I'm not sure if it was directed in the correct way. There were some good things. He grabbed 16 rebounds in the first half alone. That was really impressive. And, and the fact that he only finished with 21, I think that really shows how much he slowed down in the second half overall and how he just he expended a bunch of energy in the first half trying to do a whole heck of a lot and it helped Denver starters overall don't get me wrong but I think it sapped him in the second half but the problem is he still kept taking shots he missed almost every jump shot he made one three with Mason Plumley in his face missed all the other wide open ones missed all the pull-up twos and also missed a free throw. And he went 13 of 34 tonight. Denver blows the lead down the stretch. They blow the lead. They give up a 38 to 13 fourth quarter after they were winning that game by 17 points. They lose the game by eight. 
And anytime you do that, it's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth. But the way that they did it, where the starters had done a good job in the third quarter of helping to extend the lead. And then they rotate in the bench, and the bench does pretty well in the third quarter. Denver wins that quarter by four as well. And then they immediately give it up. Uh, It takes about two minutes for Charlotte to cut the lead down to 10. They ultimately cut the lead down to seven when Jokic comes back into the game. But he did have eight minutes. He had plenty of time in order to help Denver win the game. I don't want to blame this loss on him. I don't want to blame this loss really on anybody in particular because I think it's a failing of the entire team. And to try to isolate somebody, I think is really missing the point here. Like Monte Morris went one of seven. He was awful. Nobody's talking about Monte Morris. They're talking about Will Barton for some reason, who went four of 10. Sorry that Will Barton went four of 10 and not one of seven, folks. Like, it really shouldn't be this difficult to just admit that players didn't have a good game, that Jokic didn't have a good game, because he didn't. He really didn't. 29 points, 21 rebounds, 5 assists. Definitely doesn't seem like a bad game in and of itself. I will grant you that. He was a plus 2 in an 8-point loss. I will grant you that. I think the bench isn't getting enough flack for losing that fourth quarter lead because for all the great things that they did in the first half, they weren't like spectacular. They still gave up points themselves. But Jokic still has to take ownership in those situations. Denver tried to get him the ball several times. And there were a couple times where they couldn't. And there was blame to go around for that too. Faku Campazo being out there, not being able to deliver an entry pass. Jeff Green getting the ball tipped. Will Barton turning the ball over. Monte Morris not getting the the opportunity to, to deliver those passes. There was a lot of blame to go around. But when Jokic did get the ball, he did not do well. He used 40 possessions tonight, or more than that, because he had free throws as well. 40 possessions for his own personal shots or turnovers. And that's a lot. He tried to carry the burden. I don't think he did it that well. And you move forward. It's tough. I do think that people need to understand that when I when I criticize Jokic, when I say that he didn't have a good game, I'm grading him on a curve because when he's the MVP, when you wear the crown of the best player in the world, great things are expected from you all the time. And the fact is, against the Charlotte Hornets, just like against the OKC Thunder, he didn't do enough. The difference is, he tried to do enough in this game and didn't get enough shots to go. Denver missed 56 shots tonight. Jokic missed 21 by himself. The rest of the team missed 35. Let me say that again. 
Jokic missed 37.5% of the shots that the Nuggets attempted tonight. Three-eighths. He didn't have a good game. Didn't have a good shooting game. Could have been better. And did he tip in some of those misses? Yes. That's fine. But the Nuggets needed elite efficiency from him. Not just elite volume. They needed more. He didn't deliver. And it's rare that you say that. It's rare that in these situations where he tries to deliver, that he doesn't. Which is why I think people are frustrated. It's why they're frustrated with me. So I get it. I understand. Uh, Let's talk about Will Barton. Uh, He was up and down tonight. He was down for most of the first half, where it didn't really do a a whole heck of a lot. Third quarter, I thought he had a really good stretch. And the the several Denver Nuggets that met him at half court after he made shots on two separate occasions uh, would absolutely agree with me that there were times where he was really putting down his foot and really helping Nikola Jokic by creating some shots so that Nikola didn't have to. One of the things that people get upset about with the supporting cast for Denver, and with Barton specifically, is that they take the ball out of his hands. Well, you can't take the ball out of his hands and then criticize others for not being good enough. Barton and his game, sometimes he needs the ball in his hands. Sometimes he doesn't. But tonight, I thought he was pretty good. 11 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal, 2 turnovers. Four to two assist to turnover ratio is fine. He was four of 10, so he outpaced his shot attempts with his points. And it wasn't good enough, particularly because his defense wasn't good enough, but also because when it came down to winning time, he was 0 of 3 in the fourth quarter, and he had a key turnover that led to a three pointer for Charlotte. So I'm not here to defend Will Barton. I will say that there are some numbers that I've been looking at recently that do not paint him in a great light, statistically, uh, advanced stats-wise, at least when it comes to lineup data for Denver. But Denver does need him right now because if you're going to be down Murray, you're down Porter, you're down Gordon, you need everybody else to step up, and it takes a village. Barton, probably not the best option to be stepping up as the second option on the team. But they need somebody to. Jokic can't keep, like, he can't take 34 shots. That is too many. Like, it just straight up is. And anybody that says otherwise is not really appreciating the fact that he's going to tire out by the time January 20th rolls around if he keeps this up for three weeks. Barton needs to take shots. And it can't always be Jokic who creates those looks for him. Sometimes Barton's going to have to create shots for himself because Monte hasn't been creating shots for him. He's really been operating as the shooting guard of the team. Like, that stands out pretty much. So, Denver needs that creation. They need to stick with Will. This was a good game of progress. Hopefully, it's the sign of better things to come. 
Jeff Green, also fine. Uh, 11 points on six shots, good efficiency for him. Had a couple high energy dunks, but he also had five fouls. And I think those fouls were a real killer for Denver where they needed all of the margins for them in this game, but Jeff got into foul trouble and and committed some bad ones at really inopportune times. Uh, Denver gave up multiple three-shot fouls, four-point plays, things like that that were like just just high, painful, uh, just high uh, point probability plays, where if you give up a, a, a foul on that particular shot, then the opposing team is going to capitalize on it a lot. Uh, Charlotte, they fouled in situations where Denver wasn't really going to benefit that much from it. I thought Denver made some really costly mistakes, and Jeff had five fouls, so he's definitely part of the issue. Um, Monte Morris, like I said, was just awful tonight offensively. Uh, Three points, seven shots, zero free throws, three assists. Did have zero turnovers, so there's that, but uh, he was clearly bothered by the perimeter defense of the Charlotte Hornets. Not that Barton was bothered too by Lamella Ball when he was out there. Um, it is interesting that the Charlotte Hornets decided to finish with Ish Smith, who was a plus 27 in 15 minutes tonight, played the last 15 minutes of the game and was just freaking great. Really, really good. Um, and then Vlaco, he got the start in place of Aaron Gordon. Um, I thought Vlaco looked pretty good. I, he's, he's never going to blow you away with his athleticism, his, uh, outside shooting ability, but he did hit his only three, and it was a nice in-rhythm transition three-pointer where he ran to the corner, caught the ball, and then fired up a pretty swish. Um, Had some good interior plays with Jokic. I wonder how many assists that Jokic had to Vlatko versus everybody else. Um, I think that stands out a lot, too. Barton also had a good assist to Vlatko, too. So Barton was passing tonight. It wasn't like he was just isolating everywhere. People give him a lot of flack for that, but when Vlatko was out there, I think they're actually sharing the ball pretty well. So, Either way, uh, the starters were basically mostly negative tonight. Like, I do think that they could have been better. They started the game really poorly. The bench had to bail them out, and then they ended the game poorly. They were really good in the middle portion, like middle of the second to the middle of the third. Thought that that was fine. But that's not where the game is is won and lost. Denver needed to close out the fourth quarter. They had an opportunity with the starters out there, and they couldn't do it. And first and foremost, that falls on Jokic's shoulders because he is the leader. And if he went like 17 of 34 tonight, where he made a couple more threes and was doing everything. That he, it would be a little different. It would be a little different for sure. But the fact is, is that like of all the starters tonight, Jokic missed more shots than all of them combined. I think that says something. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about the bench. But first... As you know, this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, where 
in this Christmas week, DraftKings is giving you a gift that'll certainly put you in the holiday spirits where new customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team and win 150 in free bets if they're victorious. It's a great way to put some extra jingle in your pockets. And especially because all DraftKings Sportsbook customers can get in on the Christmas spirit with the new holiday free bet surprise where everyone will get a free bet up to $50 instantly as DraftKings gives away up to $10 million in free prizes to all of their users. They are safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So if you're new, make sure to download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you do. Let them know that you came from us because if you bet just $5, you can win 150 in free bets if you're victorious. It's just that simple. That's promo code MHS this Christmas week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Folks, welcome back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackman here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's talk about the bench because I think they are they're very interesting units after uh, what was a really good first stint where like they're just dominant. They were awesome. And watching Faku Campazo and Austin Rivers and uh, Jamichael Green hit shots, that was really cool. Like they they did a lot of great things tonight. Uh, the problem is that the second half was also there. The second half also happened, and uh, Faco Campazzo, for all of the good things that he did in the first half, still ended up a minus one in this game. Now, I don't want to put this on Faco Campazzo because, like, he was like, he was just on the floor for all of the thirty-eight to thirteen run in the fourth quarter that the Hornets had. And I don't think that it was his fault. I think that he's just a guy who's supposed to be out there giving energy. And he did. And 12 points on 12 shots, uh, five assists, three steals, one block, one turnover. He was only a minus one where the rest of the bench, like Bones was a minus five. Austin Rivers was a minus four. Zeke Nagy a minus five. Jamichael Green a minus 10. So there are some other things there that I think need to be criticized. And like, like I, I don't want to focus this on Faku because he was really good and deserves a lot of the credit for what happened in the first half where he was just everywhere, doing everything as a shooter, doing everything, kind of getting in Kelly Oubre's face at the beginning where Kelly Oubre fouls him. He just, just doesn't take it. Uh, Faku drives to the rim, doesn't get the foul call then draws a technical foul from the referee and just waves him off. Like, what, what the hell ever, man? It was it was a soft technical, too. Like, he was just he was arguing it a little bit, but not like, not to the extent that you see some guys do. Um, yeah, Faku was good. I, I really do think that Faku was good. Do I think that he was a little bit shot happy? Yes. Do I think that he sometimes gets up shots where... 
he shouldn't be taking those and should instead be driving. Yes. Um, do I think that when he drives, he needs to be a better finisher and that he needs to stop passing out of shots that are right under the rim? Yes. But I'm not going to blame this on Faku because there's a lot of other blame to go around. The starters weren't good enough. The rest of the bench wasn't good enough. I think that Faku or Austin Rivers was Denver's best bench player tonight. And that makes them probably the third or fourth best player on the team overall tonight. Bones was bad. Um, Had three points in 14 minutes, one of eight from the field, one of five from three, uh, three assists, two turnovers, four fouls. Uh, He was not good. He was guarding Kelly Oubre and was guarded by Kelly Oubre a lot of the night. And Kelly showed him what it means to be a veteran in this league, where he kind of harassed him half to hell. Kelly had four steals, one block. I think that was on Bones. And actually, it was on Yoke, if I'm not mistaken. But Ubre did a really, really good job defending Bones tonight. And Bones was kind of put in jail by a player who could, who could stay with him athletically and was also big enough that he could challenge his shots from anywhere on the floor. Um, Bones needs to be better for this bench to be consistently good. They were good in the first half where Faku and Austin Rivers kind of carried the day. Jamichael Green had a couple shots, but when you get to the fourth quarter and Bones comes in and just just has nothing, nothing positive to give, then that's a problem. That's a really bad place to be. As I've mentioned, Austin Rivers very solid tonight once again. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 2 turnovers. Made some tough shots today. 11 points on 4 of 7 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3. I like it when he has a quick trigger on the 3. Had a couple quick trigger 3s, and then once once he had those in the first quarter, and he was the guy that really brought this game back, like where Denver, they, I didn't know where this thing was going to go. Uh, but he brought it back, and... Once he hit the two threes, he hit another on a uh, kind of a dribble isolation move where then it turned into a step back over a taller uh, Gordon Hayward, I'm pretty sure. And it was pretty cool to see him drain that because he needed to make it. He absolutely, like, some of those shots are just more valuable, more important than others. And him being able to create his own three on top of what Bones is normally able to do, on top of what Faku can do off the dribble, uh, it helps Denver's bench unit tremendously. Uh, do I think it was good enough in the fourth quarter? No, but I do think that Austin hit a, a tough shot in the fourth quarter as well, where it's kind of an isolation and going into traffic and he still hit it. Uh, he hit a lot of those and that's It's a really important thing for when you're trying to project forward on what this team is going to need when more players get healthy. I think Austin Rivers is going to stick around. May not not seem like it right now, but I think he's going to be a trusted player unless Denver kind of changes up what they're doing with their rotation. Um, Jermichael Green hit every shot that he took. Like I said, 10 points. Two of two from the field, two of two from three, four of four from the line. That's a good sign. That is a, a very good sign that the general problem that usually exists with him was kind of solved tonight, where he hit his shots. 
The problem is that he was still a minus 10, and there's a reason for that. There are several clips where he's getting blown by and getting like giving up dunks, giving up open layups because he's out of position as a defender. And there are a lot of possessions where uh, Jalen McDaniels rebounds a miss and then puts it back, or some of the Hornets kind of get into the midst of things and and grab some offensive rebounds and just make it so that they, they capitalize in that, in those second unit minutes where Denver's always going smaller. Um, it's not all on Jamichael Green. He can't be Jokic in this situation. But him only having three rebounds in 13 minutes, not a great sign. Uh, no steals, no blocks tonight. Don't think he was very active on the defensive end, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Hornets were able to do what they did. So they were able to come back because Denver wasn't really getting into their grill in that second half. And it starts on the ball, but then Jamichael Green's usually guarding that pick and roll. So... He needs to be more physical, needs to do it without fouling, and it's a tough place to be. And finally, Zeke Naji. Um, Naji has not made, like he's made a couple threes in a game. Pretty sure it was against Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken. But other than that, he's missed every single three that he's taken since New York. And that's not great. Like you talk about the the players that you can count on right now to deliver for you, Zeke Naji's not in that category. He's just not. And I'm not sure what it is, but the shot is just drier than a well in the Sahara at this point. The defense is hit or miss because he sometimes will sit down and guard guys, and then sometimes he'll do what he did like like he did tonight and foul four times in 17 minutes, grab just two rebounds. That's not good enough. That is not good enough. Where PJ Washington grabbed nine rebounds. Jalen McDaniels grabbed six. Uh, Kelly Oubre grabbed four. The Hornets bench out-rebounded the Nuggets bench pretty badly. And they didn't really have an answer for their size. Nor do they have an answer for Ish Smith and his speed. So... That's tough, but I don't really know what to tell everybody. But Zeke is not endearing himself to the team in a way that he's deemed essential to this roster. Like, I think that what Vlaco brought against the OKC Thunder and what he brought tonight, I think really shows that Vlaco could be somebody who's in the rotation as that ninth or tenth guy pretty consistently from that spot. Doesn't have to be Zeke. Despite the fact that I think that the Nuggets are better when Zeke is at the five, I do think that they need to find a way to either get him going, either get Jamichael Green going, to uh, so the like one of those guys is just a consistent, solid player every single night. The fact is they're not getting enough production. They're not getting enough rebounding from that duo. Not getting enough defense from that duo. I think the Faku, Bones, Highland, and Austin Rivers have been much better on the defensive end than Jamichael Green and Zeke Naji for the most part. That's not a great place to be. So we're going to see. We're going to see what they do. We're going to see how this bench handles it. Two days off. 
You get two days off until you face the LA Clippers on Sunday. You get Christmas with the family, Christmas Eve with the family, whatever. And then you travel after that. We will see what they do. We will see how they respond to what are, I think, two of the worst losses on the season. Like Some of the other losses you can definitely justify. But this was a loss where Denver had a 17-point lead in the fourth quarter. The Hornets had benched LaMelo Ball. They went with Ish Smith. Pretty sad what happened. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Christmas and what we're wishing for. We'll be right back. Final episode, or not episode, that would be, that would be weird. Uh, final segment, pickaxe and roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much if you are listening now. Um, let's talk about just, the, just Christmas at this point. Talk about the holidays. First of all, happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. I hope it is spectacular. I hope whatever whatever you decide to do during this time, I, I hope that you get the break that you deserve. I hope everybody just just gets to take their mind off of things for a little bit. Because the world has been a pretty shit place lately. Not going to lie. COVID, uh, world leaders, governments, (laughs) dumb people. There's just a lot going on in the world right now that I, I sometimes stop and think about what the future is. And it's a pretty depressing conversation at that point. So I hope that everybody takes a break from that during this time, that if you are thinking too hard, just check your brain at the door, watch The Grinch, watch uh, uh, Elf with Will Ferrell, watch all these Christmas movies that you can. Um, Some people like A Christmas Story. Some people like um, It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, There is a lot of ways that you can just disconnect and take a break from being a Nuggets fan for a while, from being somebody that's wrapped up in what has really been a really painful and taxing season for a lot of people, for me especially. Like, I do my best to carry the content around here, to do so honestly, to do so with passion, to do so as just with as much energy and uh, intent as I possibly can. And and I hope it comes across that way because I, I really do try. Um, but when you get into a season like this where 31 games in and Denver's 15 and 16, you've had Michael Porter played nine games, missed 22. You've had Murray miss all 31. Have Doja go out with an ACL tear. Marcus Howard goes out with a near ACL tear. It turns out it's a to sprain. Uh, I think there was there was something else like the MCL sprain. Pretty sure. And there's just been a lot of really difficult basketball coverage to be had here, where players are going in and out of COVID protocols. Players are going in and out of 
uh, injuries uh, throughout this year, Denver especially on that front. Uh, But it's just been a wave of average for Nuggets fans. It's been a wave of good, then bad, then great, then awful. And the highs and lows of going through this particular regular season have been really tough because there's a, there's a simplicity to it that if you just take a step back and kind of generalize that Denver is just average right now and treating them as anything else while they have so many guys out is probably the wrong call despite the fact that they play really well most of the time when Jokic is out there and really poorly when he isn't. Like that concept of it has been really difficult because most of the teams, when they're average, their starters are average too. That's how most of it goes. So I think it's a good time to step back, spend some time with some family, relax, recover. I'll be having some hot chocolate, some eggnog. I am pro eggnog, by the way. That is something that I I will die on that hill. If you get a vanilla eggnog with nutmeg in it, oh man, that is a that is a great holiday beverage. You can put something stronger in there too for sure. Um but I will be looking forward to spending time with family, to reflecting on this year, the good things that I've done, the bad things that I've done, choices that I've made throughout this time, and just continue to try to do the right thing. Keep a clear mind. And I will be raising a glass, toasting to every single one of your good health, every single one of the Nuggets' good health, and do they need it? It is clear that they need any uh, exterior force that will help them get back to good health where you can watch Jamal Murray, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, and Nicole Jokic on the floor. Man, that would be so fun. I only got five games of that and it was interrupted. It's just sad. So that is what I'm wishing for, for this holiday season. I hope that all of you have great health I hope all of you can step back and uh, really appreciate that despite the fact that it's been a struggle, it's been a very stressful nugget season, that there are good things waiting on the other side. It will happen. Good things happen to those that wait. And everybody knows Nuggets fans have had to be the most patient of them all. It's been a long time since the Nuggets have had a really good thing happen to them outside of the bubble. And I think the Denver's bubble moment is coming at some point. It may not come this year. But I do believe in this group when they're healthy. I do believe that if they get lucky enough to be healthy at the right time, then they can do something special. Until then, it's just about exhibiting patience, exhibiting uh, joy in things that may not have brought joy when all of those other guys are healthy. Like, I want to celebrate Bones. I want to celebrate Faku when he does well. 
I want to see Zeke Naji hit some threes again. I want to see Nikola Jokic continue to dominate. He had a bad game tonight. That's okay. Because the sun is coming up tomorrow. And he turns the page almost better than anybody in the NBA. So let's see if he can do it. See if he can be that leader. Let's see if the Nuggets can rally around their leader and find some defense, find some rhythm, find some outside shooting. We'll see if they can do it. Happy holidays, everyone. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. I will not be back until... Monday. Uh, Denver's playing on Sunday. We'll be covering that game and we'll give you a podcast later that evening for sure. Um, then it's back to normal schedule where got the Stiffs mailbag on Monday, stat of the week on Tuesday, and just continuing to do what I do. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys next week. Mm-hmm.